Well, good morning. From frozen to Fifty Shades of Grey, you guys got it all here at, at Daybreak. When I, I've seen churches do this whole at the movies series, and nobody though, no other churches are, are willing to actually talk about this movie. So when Wes called, I actually you don't normally turn down stuff, but I'm like, really? Like you sure? Oh yeah, yeah, no, this is great. So. Um, you guys are in for something that I, I've never seen, never heard. But, but then again, Fifty Shades of Grey, when, when we actually think about this movie and what it did. I mean, it was the biggest opening ever in February, ever, of all time. Uh, the books have sold 100 million copies. The movie, the actual totals for the movie are $569 million is what it took at the box office. Obviously, it just came out on DVD, and so the movie's going to continue to just do millions of dollars. It was number one in 11 countries, including Argentina, Poland, and the Ukraine. Um, 92% of increase in sales when it comes to S&M and bondage um, toys and those things since the movie has come out. There's two sequels that are coming out uh, in the years to come. This is the most fascinating stat that I read about this. 29% of the tickets that were sold for the movie were sold online through Fandango. It's the largest online ticket sales of any movie ever, which pretty much means 29% of people that went to see the movie were embarrassed to buy the tickets at the ticket stand. But yet, this was a movie that I know, you know, uh, when, when it came out, there was a, a lot of, obviously, if, if you don't know anything about what, what I do, I run a ministry called TripleXChurch.com. I've been doing that now for 14 years. So we talk about sex. We talk about pornography. We, we've seen this devastate marriages. We've seen this come in, in, in between uh, people's relationships and really just tear people apart. And so I, I've dealt with not the sexy side of of things, but I've dealt with the, the dark side of things, the, the devastation. I've seen marriages uh, beyond what, what probably anybody has seen fall apart. I've seen people chase after fantasy and realize this isn't reality. And so as the movie was coming out, people kept asking, you know, they call me, media, hey, what do you think about this? And I'd never read the book. I actually haven't read a fiction book since high school. And I just had the clip notes in, in high school on those. So I don't really like reading fiction. So obviously this book, I heard about it. I actually have a friend who said, I read it. You know, he said, I was a junior high pastor. And when Harry Potter came out, I, I read those just so I knew what was going on. And, and, and so I talked to people that have read the books. But when I was being interviewed and, and, and talked about this, I didn't want to make a statement about something that I really had just heard bits and pieces about. And so when the movie came out, I, I, I talked to my wife about it. I said, hey, let's go see this movie. And I, I want to know um, what I'm talking about when it comes to um, just not just my opinion, but uh, people are asking me about this. People, you know, I don't want to be that guy that has an opinion about something that, that has never seen it or, or read it. So we went to the movie. And I continue to do about probably 25 different interviews from around the world talking about this, what, what I saw. And it was interesting because before I saw the movie, I just had heard great things about it. I mean, I've sat next to elderly women on an airplane that have read the book next to me, which I've never sat next to a guy reading a pornography magazine on an airplane. Because, you know, they, they give you those in plastic bags or paper bags. You wouldn't really walk around the airport with those. 
But yet so many times at an airport, I mean, that's the book that I would always see. And I would see people reading this like it's no big deal. And, 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 and when I watched the movie, I, I, I was kind of confused. Like, how come nobody's talking about what really is going on? Like, we we've, see this Christian Grey guy as this sexy kind of character. And he's got a lot of money. And if you haven't seen the movie or read the books, I mean, a, a brief synopsis here is what, what you just saw. This character, Anastasia, is interviewing this millionaire. And she's kind of intrigued by this whole thing. It's not really even her assignment. It's somebody else that she's doing this work for that couldn't make the interview. She's taken by this guy, whether it's the helicopter, whether it's the money, whether it's the big office with his name on it, and he's kind of intrigued by her, and so you see this whole kind of boy meets girl thing go down, and, and Christian Gray is really honest with her, and he just says, hey, I'm, I'm not like most of those other men. He's kind of weird. He doesn't like to be touched. He doesn't want a girlfriend. He actually doesn't really want a relationship. What he wants is a contract. And so this whole movie is this dilemma, girl meets boy, boy meets girl, girl kind of falls in love with this guy, but he doesn't fall in love with her, he just wants to basically have a relationship with her that involves sex. And he says, you know what, I'm going to introduce you to some things that, that might scare you, that might shock you, and you kind of are, uh, you see this whole thing take place where he actually gives this girl a contract, and he says, if you sign this, we won't be boyfriend and girlfriend, but you can live in my house. You can have all these amenities. You can have a helicopter. You can have this. You can ha live this life, but you'll be staying in this room over here. She's like, well, we wouldn't be in the same room together? He says, no, no, that's, no, I don't do that. And we actually would have sex in this room downstairs that's referred to as kind of the dungeon, the red room. And she's kind of like, I mean, you watch this, and as a father, you're like, never, like, don't go for guys like this. Like, this is not like a, the, a boyfriend material. And, and when people said, did you hate the movie? I go, no, I hated Christian Grey. Like, I, I hated that character because this guy is pursuing a girl, and it's all about him, what he wants, what he likes, what he needs. And then in the movie, you're, you're kind of, my eyes were open to this whole thing when he says, I've been with 15 different women. I've had 15 of these kind of different relationships, but I was abused from 15 years old to his late 20s. And he had a dominant lady that he says was his, he was her submissive. And so this pattern of abuse just kind of continues because he's never dealt with it. There's a reason why he's scared of a relationship. There's a reason why he's scared of even normal touch. And there's a reason why I think he goes on to, in a sense, abuse other women because it's all he knows. And I remember walking out of that movie and I was like, this guy is not this character. We, I mean, why are people watching this? And I saw him on Regis and Kelly and all these women are freaking out for this guy. I was like, this is just a guy that makes me sad. And this is just something that, this is a guy that, that, to me, is confused. This is a girl that wants a relationship. She won't sign the contract. And at one point in the movie, he says, okay, one night a week, we can pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend. We'll go to a movie. We'll go to real dinner. And we'll be seen out in public for one night a week. And you don't really know. And you don't really kind of know what happens. And I remember at the end of the movie, you're kind of just going, okay, I haven't read the two other books, so I called my mother. 
And I said, Mom, what happens? You might find that odd for me to call my 65-year-old mother, and I find that very odd myself. Because a week prior, I'm having a conversation with my mom, and I tell her about this, and she goes, oh, I saw you on Facebook that you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Have you read them? I said, no. And she says, I've read all three of them, like, in a week. Whoa, settle down there, mom. You know, like, what? This is my mother who's never talked to me about sex. This is my mom who, at 39 years old, I just found out, my father's been... Uh, passed away for now two years. I just found out this year that my mom was a virgin when she married my dad. Mom, I would have loved to know that when I was 12 and you guys never talked to me about sex. Like, that would have been great to know why you and dad waited and all this. Why am I finding that out now? I mean, we never talked about sex. And my mom's telling me, I have them on my iPad. I said, well, mom, we're going to go to the movie. Are you, would you like to go? Oh, no, I can't go to the movie like, well, are you embarrassed? And she goes, no, I just don't need to see that. But in fact, I've, I've read these books several times now. You don't believe this, and I didn't either, but we have it on um, video. So watch this conversation with my mom. Speaking of NFL athletes tomorrow, and for them, this is any girl they want in any room in any city. For maybe the housewives, it's an old boyfriend that they just got in contact with on Facebook. For a young 12-year-old, it's a first image of boobs on a screen. Different people, different places they're going to find trouble with. But in the end, it all revolves around one thing, and that's sex. My job is not, oh yeah, you get to go do porn shows and see sex and all. Like, I see stuff that's like, it's devastating. It's lives are falling apart. up here with Fifty Shades of Grey for the third time. I actually have, yes. I read the whole first book and I'm on the second book. I think I enjoy it more the second time. <laughs> My mom and I, there's nothing off limits. Why are you going to read it again, the whole series? It's not just... Why not? <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it the first time. We lay it all out on the table, whether we're fighting or whether we're talking. You haven't really read the books. I watched the movie. Why do I need to read the book? He says, I don't, I don't make love. I know what he says. I, I hard. Heart. I got that, I read yeah. that too. Yeah. So that's love? Okay, here's the thing. Sorry, I told you originally, two consenting that, adults. That would have said that to you when you're 30. Hey, Brooke, <laughs> you know? I think a lot of people might think it's strange that my mom and I would have these open conversations about sex, about Fifty Shades of Grey. But when your mother tells you, I've read all the books, I devoured them. You don't think I have questions? Whether she's my mom or not, like, yeah, I'm not gonna dig into that. But if people are consenting adults or not 12 year olds, what's wrong with it? Everything. What my mom thinks might sound good for her at 65 or 64, I know I can pin her in a corner and say, for my daughter, your granddaughter, you would never want this. Board members. Fellow pastors, best friends. Man, this doesn't just affect that guy down the road. It doesn't just affect that person that you've heard about. This affects more people than we give it credit for. And to me, 
shocked when my mom says to me, I think I missed out. And, and so one of the problems I, I feel like with this movie and with this idea of, you know, millions of, of copies of this book and my mother at 65 thinking I missed out on sex with dad because we never got to do these kind of things. And I think we live in a world today of sexual disorder. It's, if that's not clear, if that's not something that, that we could a, a, agree with, I mean, just, just gosh, op open your eyes to, to see what is out there and what we're facing. And so the dilemma with me and my mom, I, I go, Mom, I don't think you missed out at all. I mean, you were with one man your, your whole life. You, you did this, I think, the, the right way. When Christian Grace says to this girl, I don't make love, and then he goes on to say something very explicit, but it's just like, this, this is somebody you run from, you don't run to. And yet my mom's watching this and going, well, I mean, it sounds fun. It sounds like, man, maybe I missed out. And, and today, I think as we kind of dive into this, I, I, I want to go back to this idea that, that I think God's ways are, are always going to be better. And even in a world where you go, oh, man, it sounds like I missed out or it sounds like that might be fun or it sounds like, no, this is, I mean, there's nothing about marriage in that movie. There's nothing about even being in real relationship in this movie. And yet we read this and even grandma, my mother, is going, man, this sounds better than what I had. And I think whether it's pornography for a male or whether it's Fifty Shades of Grey that you're reading as, as a woman, when we read these things, when we watch these things, and we start thinking what we have in front of us isn't enough, I think that's when this stuff breaks down. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians, and it'll be on the screen, and I'll read it here in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, just because something's technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get away with, I'd be a slave to my whims. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, it might be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the master honors your body, honor him with your body. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. He'll treat yours with the same resurrection power. Until that time, remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take the master's body off to a whorehouse, would you? I should hope not. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is much as a spiritual mystery as a physical fact. <clears throat> as written in scripture, the two become one. And since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. There's a sense in which sexual sins are different from all other sins. Because they violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love. For becoming one with one another. Didn't you realize your body's a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? 
Don't you see you can't keep living however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. Now, getting down to the question that you asked in the letter to me. First, is it a good thing to have sexual relations? Certainly, but only with a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but the marriage bed is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Abstaining from sex is permissible, but only for a period of time if you both agree to it. And that's for the purpose of prayer and fasting, but only for such times. Then come back together again. Satan has a way of tempting us when we least expect it. I'm not, understand, commanding these periods of abstinence, only providing my best counsel if you should choose them. And that passage is, is loaded with a ton of things for us that are married. And I think for those of us that, that are single, those of us that, that, that maybe some of you are, are, are younger kids going, man, what is this, this going to be like someday? And a couple of things I want you to take away from, from this passage. The, the first thing is this. It'll be up on the screen. Number one, sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. Uh, Wes talked about our friend Ron. Ron, Jeremy, has been with 5,000 women in his life. I've been with just my wife. And so when Ron and I talk, he doesn't understand this scripture. I, I don't think he even believes that scripture. He doesn't know about it because Ron thinks, of course, sex with the same person will get boring, it will get old, and that can't be a better way than what I've had with a different woman all the time. And so when we, we don't argue, but when we talk, when Ron sits down with my wife and I, and he's actually really intrigued with this idea of, wait, you guys just have sex with each other. Uh, and, and you tell me, it doesn't get boring, it doesn't get, and, and, and how do you do it? And yet I have similar questions for Ron, because I have no fascination of how you could be with just a, a, a woman, you know, each week, somebody else. And, and so as we kind of share different experiences and, and, and things, I'm more and more aware that this is a world of sexual disorder. But the marriage bed is strong enough. And, and it's not easy. Because I do meet couples all the time that go, oh yeah, this is, this is boring. Or we've lost our, any sort of romance. Or we've lost any sort of, uh, of, uh, of sparks when it comes to things in the bedroom. And let me tell you, I would honestly say this. I've been married now 16 years. We were 12 when we got married. So, no, we were 22. So, I'm going to be 40 here shortly. Uh, Wes reminded me of that. But as we've grown up, as we've grown together, I would honestly tell you that our sex life has gotten much, much better. 
not just because we know how to do things now, because when you start, you just don't know how to do things, but I think as your marriage deepens, as your relationship strengthens, so should your sex life. And if you're married for years like me and your sex life hasn't progressed, I, I, I would say, hey, you, you know, look at your marriage, look at your communication, look at your relationship, because those are things that are going to be needed for that to progress. But in the end, the, the word of God, I think, is right when it says it is strong enough. This way is better. And when I look at Fifty Shades of Grey, there wasn't even talk of a real relationship. There was a contract. And it was just a physical act. And as the Bible says in that, that passage, sex is much more than just a physical act. It's a spiritual act. And what was loud and clear about Fifty Shades of Grey is that they've just honed in on the physical nature of sex. And in marriage, you get so much more than just a physical act. And so if you're married today, I would, um, I would challenge you to, to be able to communicate not just about your relationship, but about things in regards to sex. In the movie, what bothered me a lot was it was just very one-sided. Anastasia didn't get a say. It was all what he likes. Oh, I take that back. She would, she didn't sign the contract, but in the contract, she could black out anything that she didn't want to do. My own mother and I were talking about that, and she, like me, didn't know what a lot of those things were that this lady didn't want to do. And, and so she did get the right to say no to those, but it wasn't, she didn't get the right to say, well, this is what I would like. And in the end, you see what she would like is just a relationship, a date, a dinner, a movie. And oftentimes, guys, I mean, women are a lot different than us. For, for us, your sex, man, it might happen or not, depending on how you treat your wife during the day. Did you, you know, hey, stop and do the dishes. I was doing the dishes the other night. I don't do them often, but my wife's like, why are you doing the dishes? I just smiled. There's a lot of dishes there. And, you know, those things are sexy for your wives. Like, for me, I'm like, that doesn't turn me on. But, uh, hey, we're different. And, and women, and that's what I saw in this movie where it was just all about this guy's needs. And so if you're in a relationship that is one-sided, if you're dating right now, I would say those are things that kind of some red flags. But if you're in a marriage where it's just what he wants or just what she wants and you don't have this commonality I would I would talk through those things whether that's in the bedroom or out of the bedroom sex only works uh, when both people give and take and I think marriage is the same way a uh, second point here talking about the abuse most people who abuse others were abused as children I called my mom and we had this conversation and I said mom why does no one talk about the abuse when they talk about this movie it's just so sexy and it's so amazing. This guy was abused. She goes, well, in the book, they actually talk about him seeing a counselor. Funny in the movie, none of that is talked about. It's uncovered that this guy has a dark past and he doesn't want to talk about it. When she kind of challenges him about this, he shuts down. Let me tell you, I thought because I was 22 when I got married and I thought, you know, I grew up in a church where we didn't talk about sex, a family where we didn't talk about sex. 
and I was under the assumption that any problems I've ever had, marriage solves those, and sex will just solve everything. Guys, it's, marriage just complicates things uh, that you haven't dealt with. And, and so if there's abuse in your history, whether that's being a, you've abused somebody or you've actually been abused and you have not dealt with that, let me tell you, that's something that, that I would say you can't leave out of your script. You can't just say, oh, well, we're just going to pretend that, that that didn't happen. Those are things that you have to deal with that I think potentially could destroy your marriage if you don't deal with them, if you don't address them, if you don't talk through those with your spouse or with some professional help. The, the stats say something like 75% of those uh, who commit acts of sexual or physical abuse against others were abused as children. And when I walked away from the movie, I go, that's exactly why Christian Grey has sex in a manner that he has sex. That's why he's not involved in real relationships, but just contracts. Because he's just continuing the pain that he's never really dealt with. And in your marriage, I mean, I've got friends that um, she, she had abuse in her, in her background she never talked to my friend about it in, um, in their dating. And I think, like me, she kind of thought, well, marriage, this is going to be great. God's going to honor this. God's going to bless this. And about, uh, I don't know, four days into their honeymoon, she says, I, I couldn't be that vulnerable with you. And it brought up so many kind of memories. And so for 10 years, they avoided the hard conversations. They avoided the pain that this brought up. And they just said, we're just going to skip this part of our relationship as you can imagine i mean obviously i mean i am friends and i'm saying hey you can't you're just roommates at that point um you know and if we're really honest we we kind of went back and forth with them saying hey yeah you're on the same page with your kids you're on the same page here but you're missing a crucial element of your relationship that you're just avoiding i mean the bible says abstain for those times of prayer and fasting but satan has a way of sneaking into your relationship when you guys are apart because if sex is not just a great physical act but an amazing spiritual act and it brings you closer as a couple and if you avoid that in your relationship you don't think satan's going to kind of creep in that way and go hey this is a victory i'm going to get your attention off each other and i'm going to keep you separated and as hard and difficult as that might be to deal with some of those past or whatever it is that's keeping you away from each other, let me just say, you've got to deal with those things. My friend ended up uh, finding a, another woman. And the hardest part for me right now is when he says, Craig, this other woman is my soulmate. Like, no, she's a mistress. She's like, you're having an affair You've been caught, and you won't go back to your wife. And he says, I have this bond with this other lady. Yes, I know, because you've been having sex with this other lady, and you haven't had sex with your wife, so you don't have that bond, because sex is powerful. And now he's sitting at a place where he goes, I don't know what to do. And it's just another case of just this kind of destruction and devastation that I feel could have been avoided. 
Third thing here. The Bible says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So, once again, when my mom says, some of those things in that movie kind of made me go, wow, I wish dad, I'm like, that's where we stop. Uh, gross. Uh, you know, no, no, I just don't need to, oh, that one, no, mom, no, no, no. And, and, and that's, um, that's where I just go, hey, I'm not against being playful or spicing things up when it comes to, to those kind of things. But once again, if it's just one-sided, that's where you have a problem. If it's just about what you want. And if you approach marriage, if you approach dating, if you approach sex, if you approach anything with just what you want and getting your needs fulfilled, I think you're in serious trouble. The best kind of sex, I believe, is when you're willing to serve your spouse when you put their needs ahead of your needs. And if you can, you know, it's crazy because the questions I get all day on email are all about, well, what can I do? Can I, is this allowed? Can, can, what about this? Even kids. I mean, some of you are, are in here. The biggest question I get speaking at junior high and high school events is how far can I go? And it's like, you just want me to give you a pass to say, okay, get all the way up to the line. And as long as you don't do this, you're good. And I'm not going to say that. And I think sometimes we ask the wrong questions. And I always kind of write back to people, go, well, you want to know if you can do this with your spouse. It doesn't matter what I say. At the end of the day, it's what your spouse says. And rather than saying to your spouse, hey, I'd really like to do this, why don't you say, hey, what would you like to do? And I would just question. Some of these things that I get asked, is it okay for this? Where are you getting those ideas from? I would ask the why. Because some of these things, why they might be okay. I mean, the Bible says, hey, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. When we're inflicting harm and pain on somebody else, I'm going to avoid that at all costs. Uh, when you're doing something that's going to make the other person very uncomfortable, Man, that's not going to be a good sexual experience. I mean, and that's the part where we have to think about your other, the other person, not just what you want. And I feel like this world that we live in today in sexual disorder is all about just what I want. And us thinking that we need something when right in front of you, you have something amazing, but we're going, no, I'd rather have this, and then I'd like this, and and, and, and it doesn't maybe even need to be so extreme. And so this, just work through what's right in front of you. But understand this, and, and I don't want to, um, I mean, this is a sensitive topic I get. So there's this uh, friend of mine, Shanti Felton. She's written a book called Four Women Only and Four Men Only. She's a researcher. She sold millions of books. Um, we started working together on this book um, called about men being visual. And so she has this chapter in Four Women Only all about this idea of men being wired differently than women. And so that's true. That's why women read Fifty Shades of Grey and guys would rather watch a video clip um, and not read all this stuff. But women and men are different. And so we just finished this book. It comes out this summer uh, called uh, Through a Man's Eyes. And 
Shanti writes a lot of it, and then I just say, yeah, she's right. I'm a guy. Yes, yes, she's true. Research, yes. And, and, and I chime in a little bit more than that. But one of the things, and this is very, I've never written a book for women, and, and so I, I need to not be maybe as, as frank and as um, crass sometimes. Just So she, she just said, um, we were talking about this topic of sex. And she goes in to talk about some things. And I said to women that are reading this book, hey, as a guy, one thing that you could do as a woman would be to maybe have sex with the lights on. And so as people have read this book, the pre-copies, and someone says, hey, Craig, maybe you should take this out because that's a tough topic. And I go, well, we're talking about the visual nature of men, and we're talking about serving one another. And so as I'm telling women, hey, just an idea. Men are visual, and they would like you to be their fantasy, their, their object of the, you know, what they're looking at. And that might be very uncomfortable for you to do that, but that would be one way that you could serve your spouse in this area. And then you reverse that and you talk about other things that hey, you could do for your partner. And I think that's the idea when it comes to sex. If you went into that with your other, your partner's needs first, rather than a list of, well, I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that. And, and then they're, you're kind of freaking everybody out. And the visual that stands out to me from this movie that is hard to get out of my mind, is Anastasia's just face. And oftentimes when you saw the scenes, it was just tormented. It was very uncomfortable. It was very, you know, when he's inflicting pain and, and she's tied up, you just go, she's not enjoying this. And when we take a gift from God and we've cheapened it to just this physical act that hurts somebody, man, I... I, I don't see that at all. And that idea of just somebody, I mean, when I heard the interviews from both uh, the actors, both say we wouldn't do these things in the movie that we did in our real life. Christian Gray's character, he said, my wife's not comfortable coming to see the movie. I don't actually even want her to see this. I don't want her to see me like this. And so that's the danger when you're reading something or when you're watching these videos or you're watching this movie. Don't just assume like my mom, oh, well, that looks great and this would have been nice. Look and think about your partner beyond just your feelings. Last point here. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. And I think if you could catch this concept, this idea this morning, that that's a lot more work, a lot more time kind of going into just how do I serve my partner? It's not just about me. Like I said, the emails, the questions, the the things that we deal with, a lot of them could be avoided if you just think about your spouse ahead of your needs. When I look at uh, the affairs, when I look at the, most of the things I deal with, they come out of selfishness. They come out of just the desires and our wants. And if you get involved in a, in a marriage, if you're in a marriage, and you want that to thrive, you want that to succeed, you want to have a real relationship 
it's going to take work. It's going to take you dealing with the past, with the current struggles that maybe you're involved in. It's going to take you dealing with all those things. There's a, um, my wife has kind of supported our ministry for the, since the beginning. She's not out in, in front like I am. She's kind of behind the scenes. We were at a marriage conference this past year, just personally. We just went. And, uh, you know, I think most people go to marriage conferences when your marriage is close to being over. So I was like, oh, we can't really go to this, you know. But we just wanted to go for ourselves. And, and we got to this, the talk on sex. And these goofy couples got up there and said, oh, well, I thought my husband, I thought my wife would shave her legs every night. Oh, I was shocked when we got married. And then they giggled. And I was like, are we eight? Are we 12? Like, this is... This isn't real problems, just shaving legs. Like, come on, like, are we going to get deeper into this? So we're back in the hotel room. And I said to Jeanette, you know how many people have said to me, my marriage is over because we had problems in the bedroom that we never addressed. And so I went to porn. I went to an affair. She went to an old boyfriend. I mean, you name it. And I don't think we have all the answers, but I just said, Jeanette, how come nobody's talking about this? My wife has a different sexual past than I do. I mean, I had no sexual past. She had one. And so we worked through a lot of that prior to marriage. We've been married 16 years. We've been dealing with all these topics from everybody else. She's watched her best friend now go without sex for two years after their baby. And that marriage, I think, is struggling. I've watched my best friend lose his marriage because he's pursued an affair because they didn't have sex. And so we just say, hey, let's try and help some couples with this. So we created this video series called Best Sex Life Now. And once again, um, this might be too information. When you do a video series like this, and, um, you know, it's kind of awkward because you're like, oh, this is too much information, but I'll share it with you. So, um, I said to Jeanette, you know, let's say the other night, and I said, you know, so now it's like, was that the best sex life now? Was that the best sex now? So we're not, it's not about just the physical act. How did you get there? How did we get there? There's another couple that, that does this video series with us, and it's, um, it's just us talking a lot about these things. The fifth week is what can and I can't do. The first week, I think, is talking about communication. It's interesting, the fifth week's the most popular video out of all of them, but yet it's not the most important. But we live in a world that just wants to get the cliff notes. Well, what, what can, I want the best sex. What can I do? Just tell me that answer. And yet not work through maybe some of these other things. So it's a 10-week video series. You can get it online. Um, it's half off today. Uh, so it's like $49. One thing I would tell you this is we've been doing a Sunday night small group online. It's kind of weird. You just call in, uh, but you're able to send in questions. We've had 95 couples join us the last um, four weeks, and so we're going to be doing that. You can get caught up on that. We'll be on tonight at 7, or those are all archived as well, so that's in addition to the hours of videos. This isn't like Netflix. You're not going to just download all these after church and just watch two hours because this is like heavy stuff that's going to bring up conversations. It's going to bring up maybe some baggage. It's going to bring up some obstacles that you faced in marriage. And hey, if you're not married and your kid listen to this, I wish I knew this as a kid. 
I just thought I'd have sex and we'd have it all the time and I get to get married. I couldn't do it for 22 years and now I get to do it and it's going to be awesome every night. I'll come home from work and lunch and have it and it's just going to be amazing and it's going to be no problems and it's easy. Hey, sex ed will tell you it's a pretty easy act to figure out. You'll learn that at sex ed. But it's a very complicated act because you're dealing with two human beings and that have emotions and feelings and there's stuff that gets in the way and so to, to do a series like this, I, I said to Jeanette, you'll do this? She goes, yeah. So we shot the video, and she goes, what's that guy doing in the room? I said, he's shooting the video series. Oh, I didn't want anyone in the room when we talk about this. Well, he needs to be here because he's shooting the video. So she's not the, the type that wants to normally talk about these things, but we've seen this take a cost and a toll on so many people's lives. I want to end with this the end of the day, I don't want you walking out of this movie, or, well, we didn't go to the movies, uh, walking out of where it feels like the movies, uh, popcorn, and uh, I don't want you walking out of church this morning when your kids come back from church. What did you guys talk about? Oh, this filthy movie. The, the thing that I think you could say is we talked about sex, and at the end of the day, we talked about sex because it's a gift from God, and it's a great thing. And I think that's what I wish I knew as a kid more. Instead of off-limits conversation, it was never talked about. And I just knew one day I get to do it. At 3 o'clock, as soon as the pastor said I, I do and we did this, it's, it's yes, 3 o'clock. Uh, I, I, I would get to do this. And I wish I knew, and I wish more couples understood that as complicated and as tough as this might be, movies like this, don't show sex as a good thing. But when we're in a marriage bed, sex is a gift. And it's a good thing. I talked to both my kids about sex at an early age. Nolan's 12, Elise's 9. When Nolan was 8, we had the first conversation. We have all sorts of resources for parents to how to do this. But I'll close with this story. I was telling Nolan, one day when Elise is your age, we'll tell her. But until that, like, just don't say, I know what this is, and you don't, you know, like. So anyways, we're listening to the radio one day, and this Bruno Mars song comes on. It was back a couple years ago, and it's the happy song. And in the, the lyrics of the song, he says, I want to find a girl. I want to have really nice sex. Or no, I want to do P90X and then have really nice sex, which I thought, that sounds miserable. <laughs> like, P90X, I'd be exhausted. But, but it's just like, What? So Nolan goes over to the radio, and he turns it off. You know your older kids, they pretend that they're the mother sometimes, and he says, Elise, we cannot listen to that song. It has a bad word in it. I was like, thanks, Mom. But, um, and he thought he was doing a service. And I said, no, Nolan, that's not true. I said, I don't need you guys singing that song, but it's not a bad word. And I said, it's not in the right context, you don't just have P90X and then meet a girl and have really nice sex. Remember, like this is for its place over here, but it's not a bad word. Yes, we don't need to be listening to that right now, but it's not a bad thing. And I think so many times our answer in the church is, oh, this is just, no, this is a gift. And I hope you can enjoy it. I, I hope as tough as it is that you're willing to do the work to work through this so you enjoy this as a couple.
And when you see stuff that the culture throws at us, you go, ah, yeah, they just, they don't get it. The Bible says, the world of sexual disorder, the marriage bed is strong enough. Go ahead and bow your heads. God, I thank you for Daybreak. Thank you for Wes and Claudia and just the friendship and encouragement that they've been to to me in this ministry. And God, this topic today is is heavy. God, I know that the movie is, is dark, but I know these conversations around topics like this are often silent. So God, I, I, don't, I don't know the next steps exactly, but I, I pray for the married folks in here uh, that are wrestling with this stuff, that have, have taken this conversation off the table. They've taken this act off the table. That, that they've, just, they've avoided this because it's complicated or there's hurt, there's pain. God, I pray that somehow they, they would press through this, that they would realize what your word says, and they'd realize that this is how Satan has is, is gotten into their relationship and he's keeping them apart. So God, give them the strength to work through this. Give them the, the courage to, whether that's seek professional help or just talk about this openly with each other. But God, to, to press into these things, to understand that this is a gift from you. God, we love you. We thank you that we could talk about these kind of things in your house. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Wait.